Left-wing propaganda is not only poisoning the entertainment industry now, it's ruining the classics. Stormy Daniels is continuing to con America, and the Nunez memo is set to be released in less than 24 hours. We'll tell you why that doesn't matter, not one bit, on this episode <laughs> of the Propaganda Report. I'm here with Monica Perez. Monica, how you doing? Great. How are you, Binkley? I'm good. Did you catch the State of the Union address? Did it, what, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I had to listen to it at two times speed because it was driving me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it just was like too slow. And even at two times speed, it feels like kind of uh, slow. <laughs> it's so, really slow. Um, I don't know, but I walked past the TV just now and Jake Tapper there was a headline. He was talking. The sound was off. And the thing said, Trump makes false claim that State of the Union address highest rated ever. And he and Tapper was actually talking to someone about it. Like that was the topic. He, he had an expert in State of the Union address ratings. Yes. And that, yeah, he was talking. So exactly. And, the, and, the, and all this fact checking stuff. I mean, it's so petty. Yeah. Why not check everybody's facts? Why don't we check your facts? Why don't you offer non-anonymous sources for your alleged facts? Something interesting about the fact-checking. I made a video about this. They were testing this new fact-checking app, which is essentially funded by Hillary Clinton donors, George Soros, and a bunch of left-wing billionaires. And they were working with the Washington Post. They were working with PolitiFact. The guy who started PolitiFact is the guy Washington who, Post, the seed of Operation Mockingbird. Absolutely. I tested the app, and every five seconds, I'm getting an alert. And, and it's just people's opinions is, is all it is. Oh, you're kidding. It's conjecture. There's a couple things that they – like the African-American unemployment they would just present the left's framing of that issue. You know what I mean? Right. So they weren't really fact-checking per se. And then the rest of it was just um, kind of petty conjecture. But it was really overwhelming because if you're trying to like keep up with these fact-checks you're getting every two seconds, you can hardly watch the speech and oh, listen to it. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. It and was so, like them making noise. What they're doing is a lot of times people don't know the other side's argument. They'll hear something, and it's funny because Rand Paul was on Colbert's show last night, and Rand Paul said some things very eloquently, and he got a rousing round of applause. And the crowd had no idea that they were clapping for something that was a Republican position. Colbert would kind of like stop them yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and try to bring it back. So – to prevent people from like hearing something in a speech yeah. and going, oh, I agree with that. These fact-checking apps can prevent that from happening by sending alerts to people's phones in real time that tells them why what they just heard on television is wrong or racist and what they should believe instead and then just give them an exact verbatim way to respond. They program them. And that's how people can have such different impressions of the speech. Exactly. One other thing about fact-checking is you'll notice that a handful of fact-checkers get cited all the time. In fact, I heard people during the Women's March, they were asked, like, do you believe such and such claim is true? And the response from the people marching was, what does Snopes say? And I've heard CNN say, you know, it's true. Even Snopes confirmed it. So these fact checkers are becoming the highest authority, right? Now, Snopes is just there to debunk 
real conspiracy. Right. That's what it's there for, to take really hard to debunk conspiracy evidence and make stuff up or stitch together a narrative that ignores the crucial evidence, et cetera. Right. And there's only a handful of these fact checkers that Facebook, that all these other organizations consider credible or legitimate, right? Like certified fact. Oh yeah, of course. And this certification process, there's actually a certification process. We can apply for it if we wanted to. I'm sure we'd get rejected is through the international fact checking network. Which oh, was oh my gosh, which uh, which is, is funded by George Soros International Fact Checking Network. That sounds I don't right. normally use the word communist, but that really sounds straight. They had out. a world fact checking fair this year or last year. <laughs> a fair? Yeah, everybody around the world, fact checkers all around the world, got together to figure out how to push propaganda. But the standards for certification were just created in 2017, and you can look at the list of certified fact checkers on their website. And among them are BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed that released (laughs) Trump dossier is a certified fact checker. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. BuzzFeed. (laughs) That's hilarious. The Washington Post. Politifact. Only the, the liberal. Post, literally, uh, it, it seems to me they are intentionally publishing things that are not true. It doesn't even matter if it's true or not true. If we say it's true, that's the world you're living in, and you need to acknowledge that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's like economics. They tell you the way the world is, then they do stuff, and then they tell you it worked out just the way they wanted or whatever. They just want to tell you reality, and even when it's not true, they they say it doesn't matter if it's true or not. This is the accepted paradigm, and if you don't embrace that, you're outside the fold, and that means you're wrong. That's a perfect transition point. The Nunez memo is set to be released in 24 hours. This has been a big buildup. The Democrats have gotten ahead of this. They've, what is they've it? Tried- tell me what it is. It's a memo that Nunez wrote that Republicans believe will discredit the Russia investigation because it will show that the Trump dossier was used in the FISA court application to get a FISA warrant. So they're hoping that it will show that the FISA warrant was given on the basis of information that was not validated and was paid for by Trump's opposition. Of course, nobody's going to care because – they if it's just like when we said uh the the leaked Hillary emails were leaked by Russians and everyone said yes yeah, so what if the information was true and um, this this sorry this happened i think it was a distraction because it happened on the day that Trump signed an expansion of FISA powers for 6 years and did not put the uh the USA Rights Act a bipartisan like addendum to that to protect Americans' rights from warrantless surveillance. He didn't include that. The That didn't pass. And this is an abuse of FISA. And it's all smoke and mirrors because FISA is getting more powerful. And the House, the Senate, the White House, Democrats and Republicans are all abetting this gutting of the Bill of Rights. And this is the what is all why. This stuff is in the news night and day. All this nonsense, superficial crap is so we don't notice that they're all on the same side, slowly, quickly at this point, dismantling the uh, Bill of Rights. That's one angle, yes. (laughs) 
I just had to get that in. I needed to add a little substance because I, I just like snapped on CNN.com, Fox. It's all, all of it is just gossip. I would make my daughter get off the phone if she was talking about that. Absolutely. Stuff. That's why CNN's getting better ratings than it ever has before since Trump has been in office. It's it's because it's gossip. We're a nation of high schoolers at this point. Yeah, this is what somebody told me four years ago, whatever, when I was on the air and Obama and Romney, I guess, were running against each other. And I preferred Romney, obviously. And uh, she, although, I mean, I shouldn't say obvious. They're, it's the same thing. It doesn't matter. There were more debt, more wars, no matter what. It doesn't matter. But, uh, but whatever. And someone said to me, you want, you know, for your career, it's going to be better for you if Obama wins. Because you'll be able to, uh, you'll never have a, an end to what you can talk about in in criticizing everything, and that's how it is. So people are like, oh, CNN didn't want Trump to win; they did everything they could. Really, this was yeah. totally foreseeable. It's a common knowledge in media that you're better off being if you're in media, you're better off opposing. The person who is who is in office. Well, it's the same thing as problems that exist in society. If all of society's problems were solved, then there would be no need for politicians. So it's against politicians' interest to solve people's problems. Yeah, that's true, and that's where this darn uh, they're fomenting racism and hatred and divisiveness and all that stuff, and it really bums me out. Because they're they're doing it. It's, it has a real impact on people. It screws up kids and how they think about the world and interact with each other. And it's just selfish. And uh, right. And based on those things, that's where people stand on the issues. They stand on the side that they identify with. And like you were talking about a second ago, the truth, the reality of it doesn't matter at all. So this memo could be released and it could have hard evidence. It could just be indisputable, but it will not matter. It is not going to change which side people stand on on this issue. So all it's going to do is continue to further the divide, continue to make people stand their ground even stronger. I was watching The X-Files, which dedicated an entire episode to completely selling out the whole franchise. They just undermined everything the franchise was about in this episode, which I'll go into that more in a second. But there is a pretty insightful moment in that episode where Mulder is talking to an evil doctor named Dr. They who has helped shape society because he can control or he can manipulate people's collective memory and he can memory hole stuff and make them forget things and change the past and therefore control the future. This is about three clips of their conversation together and this is why the Nunez memo is not good. It doesn't matter what's in it. People are going to still believe what they believe. I have to admit, what little I know of you, I got from a rather dubious online video. Oh, did you like that? I made it. It's my new platform, Phony Fake News. It's a presentation of real facts, but in a way that assures no one will believe any of it. Okay, so what is or what was my time? Well, it's a time when people of power thought that they could keep their secrets secret and we're willing to do anything to keep it that way but these are past gone we're now living in a post cover-up post conspiracy age the point is i can tell you all of this right out in the open because it doesn't matter who knows about it they won't know whether to believe it or not 
To be honest, I'm not believing any of this. Well, believe what you want to believe. That's what everybody does nowadays anyway. You're only proving my point, you twit. <laughs> wow. That's it's true. Well it's totally true. Yeah, it's yeah. very well put. The report from Iron Mountain said that in the 60s. It said it doesn't matter if we publish this. It won't matter at all. They won't stop it. They won't know what to do about it. But the way he says it takes it another step where, yeah, it's just mass confusion. Cass Sunstein. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much Cass Sunstein. I like the part of the beginning, too, where he said, it's my new platform where I present real information in a way that yes. is so unbelievable that, that nobody real will believe news, No one will believe. Talk about revelation of the method sometimes. That's what yes. that is, yes. revelation of the method. Well, it's something else. Revelation of the method is about consent. So by showing us the report from Iron Mountain and we not doing anything about it, we have consented to it and they have no moral problem. This guy is saying by putting it out there, people don't believe it. Yeah, but you can still claim they consented. We told them nobody believed it. People don't believe yeah, the report but from not Iron Mountain. Believing it, I don't think necessarily is consent. Believing it and like a lot of people think nine eleven was an inside job. And and so what? You know what I mean? They didn't do anything about it. They tried. But as a democratic society, yeah, all right. I see it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But that's really sad. I mean, it's really hard. It's really hard for for me to, like, figure it out. And I, like, even the Las Vegas thing, my husband came home from work. He does a lot of work with the people out there who run that venue. He's like, yeah, like some chick's brother and this one and that one. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. And I talked about it. Like, I think that they really kill people, but they talk about it as a hoax so that we don't care that much or whatever. But then over the months, I said to him, I was like, I'd really like to send flowers to those families. Can you get me some names? And nobody could seem to come up with the names, you know? So. uh, Wait, how? Like. Did he try to get names? Uh, I I don't know. I feel like I asked his secretary. And I asked him. He definitely didn't know any names. I'm trying to think. Maybe, maybe he just didn't come up with names. But he was the one who was saying that I was wrong. You know what I mean? He was the one who was saying it was real. And I was like, and at first I accepted it because he was like, well, this chick who works there, I know her. She told me people who work there, blah, blah, blah. And so at first I kind of fell for that. And then when I went back, I was like, wait a second. You don't know anybody who, you know, and I asked him to get me, you know, I don't know if it went down the, like, email from my wife hole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was curious about. Yeah, 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 it could have been. But um, I'm sure he doesn't have any names. That I'm sure. Because you yeah. can just imagine me being like, no, I want an answer. <laughs> you know? So right. he did. I, I would have gotten it out of him if he had it. Yeah. Uh, but my point is that I, I, you know, I go around in circles about stuff like that sometimes. And I really try to stay out of the truth porn <laughs> cycle. Uh, you know, and, uh, cause it's so addictive. Yeah, it is. And that one in particular is very addictive, especially lately too. There's been more reports released, which confirm that they were looking for 
other suspects that maybe they still are looking for other suspects. So they were obviously lying. Now, I mean, now it's confirmed that they weren't being open, even though it's pretty obvious if you, if you, when you watch those the press There's not one thing they say at any time that I can believe, but I also can't not believe it. You know, some of them have to be true things. You know what I mean? Like some stuff, it's just what this guy said. Real news, no one will believe. I have no idea. Like my truth are, all I know at this point, there's just a few things I know. I, I believe... I I believe that that it is we really do live in the Truman Show as far as like politics and media and elections that it's just not real. This is what I was thinking. You know how Star Wars was they, there's a famous thing that like Darth Vader never got any money at all because Star Wars and the reason George Lucas got so rich is that he just made all the money on the merchandise. Right there. No, like, I didn't, I didn't oh yeah, he was so. I was watching like. 70s christmas or something and it's like oh he was so prescient like foreknowing that he was smart and he put a merchandising clause and that he got all the merchandise money so even though he didn't make any money on the movie he got fantastically wealthy on the merchandise and i was like okay that wasn't him just getting lucky his intention from the beginning was to get the movie green lighted and paid for and he was going to take nothing because all it really was all the franchise really ever was was a toy commercial <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah. so then i was thinking oh my gosh right so you got to just look at the bigger picture there then i was thinking cable news is just an ad for the military you know for war and debt yeah, that's all it is. And maybe police, but it's just all it is. So if you watch forensic files, you'll see it's just an ad for uh, police. It's to get you to be happy you pay taxes. That's all it is. If you watch forensic files, which I like a lot of people like, it's just when you look at it, it's it always ends with the ad for forensic science, the money, all that kind of stuff. And uh so I think it's like a Truman show. I think the whole thing is, is, is completely made up. And so when like my mother says, you think everything's fake, I'm like, well, everything is fake. It, it, that's the nature of it. Like the, you didn't, after Truman discovered that he was living in a dome, people didn't go up to him and say, but my house is real. You know what I mean? This is a sleep in my bed. My bed is real. This is really my dog. It's like, no, it's all fake. You know, it's all fake. It goes out the window. Uh, but, the the cleverness of how they take people like us who really spend the time to objectively understand the truth behind the agenda because the events you're never going to really get the truth out of you have to just try to figure out the agenda even that for me has been i'll hit a wall sometimes like hillary losing i thought for sure she was going to win i didn't realize there was a paradigm shift you know kind of like jfk assassination thing you know like wow they're they're really, they're going bold this year. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's yeah. impossible for me to predict that stuff. And, and you, so, so what different, so it doesn't even matter if you can, if you understand you live in the Truman show, if you can't find the dome, you can't get out, you still got to eat. Well, let me ask you this. If we were to meet someone who sold guns and they're like, I'd love to tell people who listen to your show about my company. And 
we gave like a 15 second ad to this person who sells guns and we happen to also talk about the Las Vegas shooting or something like that on that show. That would be similar to what you're saying, but that wouldn't mean that we did it for the purpose of that. No. And, and actually like I know Clark Howard, for example, is on WSB. He tells people how to save money. He's, he's probably the only radio host I've ever heard of who doesn't do sponsorships or commercials or whatever as a rule. Because he doesn't want to be influenced or even to be perceived as being influenced. Yeah. And that's a reason why I've never been super gung-ho on ads. However, the way they used to do YouTube, now Google hired 10,000 censors so that YouTube, so the ad, the people who place the ads have to approve of the content. See, if you don't make that an option, you can't hold the ads responsible. And when you jumble up the ads... So that simply being on YouTube, you get a stream of ads. When you disconnected it that way, you made it impossible for content to cater to ads. Right. So yeah. Yeah. What way that like an ad is promoting the content? It's like yeah, but contents. It's more likely that the content is promoting the ad in the real world. Like that's how I, I was talking to that hip hop guy who told me hip hop concerts are a way for the guys putting on the show to make drug money. I mean, I don't know if that's true. It was like so shocking to me. I don't know if it's true, but he's a guy who travels with them. And he said they come in, they have an advance guard that comes in and distributes the drugs and makes a tons of money. And these guys play their shows and they move on. I mean, that that seems crazy to me, but that's what he said. And it just helped me to see things in a different light. But like, that's when I realized that the content is the ad much, much more than you think. And, and it's kind of interesting because... The way to defeat, and that's very powerful. And I just, the second, as we were talking, realized that the YouTube, there might be like even just a monetary reason they, they actually want ads and content to be responsible for each other because then the ad can own the content, which is really what we're talking about with these sensors. Maybe the government owns it, maybe Google owns it, but ultimately the ad owns it. And that makes the content untrustworthy, both from a political point of view and a consumer point of view. Yeah, the ad only owns it if the content exists because of the ad. If, if I'm the- saying that the content is going to cater to the, it, it, you know, five years from now or whatever, because sometimes when you listen to the news or watch the news, they'll show you about this great new boba place. You know, it's like. Is that an ad or is it not an ad? Like what is really going on behind the scenes there? And I'm just saying I could see the business model five years out. There's a ton of that on corporate television. You're absolutely right. It's just happening. And I wouldn't do it. Megyn Kelly, before she went over to the NBC, she went on a – she was doing all these interviews about her insights about Trump because of her fight. But but the reality was it was all a big book tour. It was a big marketing campaign for her book. None of it was actually about like – the details of what was going on. It was simply trying to tease people into going to buy her book and find out more. And they do that all the time with half the people they have on their, uh, on their shows, which it's a trade off with the Megan Kelly thing. I remember it because it was so blatant. She wasn't giving any good information. She was giving empty. It was nothing. It was empty calories. And it was right. just so absurd. Sometimes people will go on and the host will have to, be like, tell them about your book. Tell them about your book. They almost have to pull it out of them because the person doesn't want to seem like they're marketing. They actually want to give out the content for real. So yeah. I, there is a lot of what you're saying that's going on. I think it just depends on the people and the networks involved. But I just, I personally, 
I couldn't, I mean, you asked me, would that be selling out or whatever? I mean, I don't know exactly what you were getting at, but I don't, it's hard enough for me to figure out what I actually think. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I could, I don't know. I just don't care about, <laughs> I have no hope of ever actually making any serious money doing any of this. I do remember when they were asking me, one of the sales guys at WSB asked me if I was, uh, he found out I was a libertarian. He said, Ugh, are you anti-bank? I said, well, I'm not anti, you know, the SunTrust, like where I put my money. Like I'm not anti, I'm anti, like, <laughs> you know, the bankers who run the world. You know what I mean? Like I, I definitely am anti that, but I'm not anti like the guy who's, who helps me order new checks. I mean, that's ridiculous, but he was worried because they sell bank ads. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't have any ads. I don't sell any specific ads for my show. It's just over whatever. To me, it's disgusting what like Megyn Kelly and Fox were doing and what, when they make it completely obvious and, and over the top. But when someone produces a good piece of content, like if someone writes a book or they make a movie or like a documentary and it's genuinely has value to that audience. It's something that will help them and it's something that they're interested in or something that will help them. Maybe it's a, some sort of. Oh, um, I think it's good. Uh, yeah. That's, I think that that's perfectly, I think the person who made it deserves to earn for it, for the work they put in. I like so commercials. I see no problem with them marketing to. Yeah. Commercials tell me about stuff I want and need. Uh, but, but there was a famous case uh, way back when where it was in Florida and two reporters did a show on the hormones in milk, did a piece in the hormones in milk and Fox, it was going to be, I think just on a local Fox station, but Fox like headquarters, Rupert Murdoch himself or something like that. Uh, got a call from Monsanto. I really think these are the actual facts. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, they, they called the local station and spiked the story. So, the reporters uh, sued and won. And then it was overturned on appeal. And the reason it was overturned was the judge ruled that just, he didn't say this part, but it's just like when a gambler sued the NFL for a fixed game. The ruling was you're not entitled to a fair contest. You're entitled only to entertainment. Same thing for news. The news, there is no obligation to, to, in good faith, report the news as true, only to provide basically entertainment. So they, so the, so the reporters did not get their money. And then as a, adding insult to injury, I noticed that Reason Magazine wrote a smear piece on the journalists. Isn't that outrageous? But they were true. What they said about the hormones in the thing was true. And their their story got spiked because the sponsor or whatever crony of their owner. And, and look, I, it's yeah. If Rupert Murdoch, you know, if there's no if there's no licensing requirement from the government for airwaves, you know, if in the 30s when they or whatever it was when they started, uh. People used to just broadcast over the airwaves and that made them own the station. Just like if you started tilling field that was uninhabited, tilling in soil. That's how you own things. You squat and you own. That's how we do it. That's where property rights comes from. The government stepped in and said, 
we can't have that because then people will just broadcast whatever they want. Some of this stuff is outrageous. We need to control it. So it wasn't even chaos in the marketplace of like property rights. It was about controlling content from the beginning. So these guys get licenses from the government about over content. But if they did it in a totally free society where that was not the case, Rupert Murdoch could say whatever he wants. He could just, I don't even believe there should be laws, truth, and advertising because what that does is it protects advertising. It makes you believe it. It adds credibility to it. If there were no truth in advertising laws, you wouldn't believe advertising and it would have no power whatsoever. It wouldn't even exist, in my opinion, or it would get private seals of approval or whatever from trusted sources. So I don't object to a private person doing whatever he wants on his airwaves, but it's not like that. And uh, and there's this misrepresentation that it's true. They say it's true or they imply that it's true. Yeah, and to what you were saying right before that, Part of this whole fact-checking push that they're doing is to uh, do what we've been talking about and centralize the control of the information back to the mainstream media. Is to get rid of all the other all, all, all the other squatters, so to speak, and to rebuild. They even say this: all of this this message is unified through all these nonprofit foundations. There's a lot of articles right now that I discovered in the past week about how. All these nonprofit uh, philanthropists are getting into the game to fight against Trump. Like I'm, I'm saying, just getting into it, which is a lie. They've always been in it, but yeah. their unified message is: we need to rebuild trust in the media and get rid of all these yes. people putting out the, the the false information. So it, it's exactly what you're just saying, and they're using these fact checkers as the ultimate authority to help them do that. I was just, I was, was it in, was it in his? speech what was i reading that talked about trust in uh oh here it is uh this was from trump's speech quote for the last year we have sought to restore the bonds of trust between our citizens and their government and i have to say that no no conservative, traditional conservative or libertarian, anybody familiar with the founding of this country thinks that trust between citizens and government is an American idea. The entire point of the Bill of Rights is that government cannot and should not be trusted. Yeah. You know, and then later he says something about unmatched power. Unmatched power is tantamount to absolute power which corrupts absolutely and it was really you could say when we went from a bipolar to a unipolar world america deliberately or not could not handle that responsibility and became a bully a unmatched power of what a military power he said you know it doesn't you're going to get death and destruction if you're not super powerful oh yeah 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 Anyway, this idea of trust, it was just like his election commission that I noted was about restoring faith in the elections, not restoring integrity. <laughs> you know, people need to understand the difference between a fact checker being um, PC popular opinion and a fact checker being this is the here is the documentation. I mean, that's the problem here. And that and that has been we've identified it for a long time. Yeah, I'm going to put the link for that 
International Fact Checking Network because it really is interesting to go through. Once you see all their connected organizations, they're connected to what I talked about, I think, last week or the week before, the First Draft News Network. Yep. They're part of that same organization, which is also funded by George Soros and Bill Gates. That's who I left out. <laughs> Bill Gates is also funding both of these projects. All right, I want to talk about how you know everybody, entertainment is more left-leaning. That's not a surprise or a secret, but the propaganda that's coming out of the entertainment industry is you get slapped in the face. You can't even enjoy a movie anymore, hardly, without the movie making a, a, a declarative stand that they are against Trump, that everything about Trump or the right is racist. I mean, it's over the top. There was a I didn't get a clip of this because you have to watch it to see it, but there's you ever seen those movies, The Purge? I don't think so. There's a Purge franchise where there's a Purge franchise where in every movie the premise is basically one day a year murder is legal. Get it out of the system. You know, they purge people one day a year. There's a new one coming out and in the new one, the trailer, it's like a 30-second trailer that's like a campaign commercial and at the end of the trailer, there's a MAGA hat as though this is Trump's America where a purge is happening. What? Yeah, it was totally over the top. But I don't care about those movies. However, two other things that I watched this week that I I am interested in, they're classics that I do care about, were also infected with liberal propaganda, over-the-top propaganda, and that's Star Trek Discovery and The X-Files. Star Trek Discovery, I was skeptical about from the beginning because I read some stuff that the showrunners said. The showrunners said that the Klingons in Star Trek Discovery are like Trump supporters. So I watched the first episode, and the Klingons were verbatim using dialogue from Hitler's book. Oh, wow. So I'm going, okay, so he's calling Trump supporters Nazis. But if I hadn't read that interview with the showrunners, then I wouldn't have noticed that. So I continued to watch, and it hasn't been that bad. It's exceeded my expectations. I was expecting it to be Star Trek, Social Justice Warrior, or Snowflake, or something like that. But it's actually been not great, but it's been decent. Last week, though, it really took a turn for the worse when it comes to delivering propaganda. And I'm just going to play the clip because this clip you can find in one of the trailers for this episode. I'm not going to give you the context because I don't want to give any spoilers to people who might watch the show. But the dialogue of this clip it is all you need to hear to see where they're going with it. It's just so disappointing. Can I tell you that when you said The Purge, what the premise was, it reminded me of Star Trek, the original series, the episode about Landrew, where one day a year they go out and like rape women and kill each other and stuff. That's what it is. That's what the whole movie is. Yeah, that was a Star Trek that. idea. And then you it, said Star you know, Trek. I remember that now that you say that. And I didn't put that together. All right, here's a clip. Hello, Philippa. I've watched for years. You and alien races spill over the borders and flourish in our backyard. And have the gall to incite rebellion. Terrans need a leader who will preserve our way of life, our race. To all, I make this offer. Renounce Georgia. The Empire dying in her hands. But you don't have to. Not today. Michael Burnham is not to be touched. She is integral to our future plans, a future where we together will make the empire glorious again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mega. 
but they did that thing that's so weird is that this is a totally new thing. It's, it seems to me this is an alt-right thing that emerged over the last few years where this identity thing, this immigration thing, this border thing, this white pride thing or whatever it is, it's it is it's like arbitrary. It's it's gratuitous. It's they're just saying, you know, you spill into our borders and change our way of life. But real racists, let me say, I mean, there are real racists and there always have been. And, you know, some on both sides of the aisle, they have specific things to say about the race they do not like. I hate to say it, but my dad used to say that Italians were in the mafia, <laughs> you know, in New York. It was just like, you got to stay away from those guys. They kill people. Now, most Italians are not in the mafia. You know what I'm saying? But that was his perception growing up in New York. And it was so when he told me to avoid those people, he was saying it. He had he added content. And so this guy, it, it's totally the alt-right Trump thing because it's the same kind of weird floating. Uh, you know what I mean? Am I is this in my imagination? No, because <laughs> okay. I, I think that's what I'm. Hearing it just it just feels like it's constructed the same way the indivisible stuff that you were playing last week that said like uh just vote for what vote for the woman vote for the black guy vote for the illegal immigrant just vote for the illegal we should really point that out again they told their supporters to vote for illegal immigrants I mean how would you even know that the guy running was an illegal immigrant? I, I don't know. It, you know what I mean? Make- like, is that on the tagline illegal and proud? You know, like, I don't even right. get what they're, but it's just empty. You know what I mean? It's just empty, gratuitous identity stuff. You remember the one girl who talked about whether or not she's contributing to white supremacy by crossing the street at night when she I sees felt bad a that white I, person up the street? You know, that whole thing, like, I, I gotta say, this whole thing upsets me. I was, just raised uh, in suburban America over the past decades, I, you know, you're, we were, and tell me if you agree, taught really not to see race, not to talk about it, to get past it, you know, like that we just, that was maybe part of our past, but it was impolite and uncool to think about people like that. Am I, am I the only, do you, did you have that experience, Binkley? You're that it was impolite and uncool to think about people in terms yeah. of race. You just don't you don't say, oh, a black guy just got hired. Like you would never say that, right? Yeah. I mean the way I grew up, it was yeah, there ne- was no... that would be rude, right? Right. Okay. So so I just I feel like that's etiquette. And now the way you know, that's what you want. In my mind, that's what you want. You want to get past identity distinctions, privileges, and persecution so we can all attain what we, I think, universally proclaim is what we want, which are civil rights, human rights, equal rights, natural rights, whatever it is. We never talk about rights and act like some people have different rights from other people. Now, they say that women's rights, gay rights and stuff, but I think that is fundamentally wrong and we'll just set the pendulum swing both ways well to that right there one of the messages from indivisible and the women's march is women are going to finally get the rights that they deserve as though they don't have the only thing they can identify i asked my daughter about that because she claims to be a feminist is equal pay 
they're they are absolutely convinced there's a pay gap, which I think it's Thomas Sowell who has a good like three minute YouTube video on how it is when you control for all the variables, there is no pay gap. And I will say in a free society, a pay gap could not persist because as I've said before, we would open chick bank. We work harder for less, <laughs> you know, like you'd, we all yeah. went to Harvard. We're all yeah. running this thing. You can trust us. Uh, but, but even beyond that, it's really not incumbent on a person who owns private property to have to hire people. You can pay whatever you want. It doesn't, you know, in a really free society, you can't, competition will take care of the bigot. Uh, but, yeah. but my problem is that, so now you play that thing to me, uh, or like what happened to us. We did a YouTube video a while ago, whatever, a podcast and that, uh, the news of Harry, the royal, marrying this actress, uh, who I think at the time was reported she was pregnant. I'm not sure that's true or not, but, and, uh, it was all over the news that this chick was mixed race, all over the news. I told you, you didn't, you hadn't heard it. Then we got a comment that I was a, I, it said, really, it makes me sad to even repeat it. I don't want to, but I'm going to. It wasn't just you. She was saying that we both were. All right. Well, she said, she said, I am a black female libertarian. I used to like your show, but now I know that you hate black people because you said that Meghan Merkel was mixed race and there was no reason to say that. Goodbye. Something like that. Right. But and those words were That was probably not a black yes, person or, or a woman. Right. And I think it's a little weird that she's identifying herself as a black woman and says that I hate black people because I identified somebody. I thought it was relevant. I, I did think it was relevant to what we were talking about. But I, I don't want to even have this conversation right now with you. But what I want to say, but, you know, I feel like I, we're, I feel stuck because it's all over the news. Right. So if we're going to address it and it's in the news because the people in the pink hats, the people who say vote for someone based on their identity uh, are coming at us. Right. I mean, not us, but like they're, they're bringing it up. The people who say they are in defense of that, of uh, racial equality and all that are the ones who are bringing that conversation up. And if we're going to talk about it at all. Then I get that. I get that comment to talk about it at all. And I'll tell you, when I go to maybe I'm insensitive or don't use the right words, don't understand people. But when I go to my kids little league or church or school, there are in those groups, every race is represented, every single race and mixed races. And I love seeing people love each other without regard to that stuff, because we have shared values. We're in voluntary organizations. I love it. I like seeing people of different races interact harmoniously. It makes me happy. Maybe that makes me some kind of bleeding heart. I really don't know. But, and I recognize that there's racism and perceptionism and it bums me out. I remember one time I said, <laughs> I, had a I used to be an investment banker. And I had a conference call going and I was calling another banker to get him on the phone. And I got a secretary. She didn't know there was a big conference call. She thought it was just me. I said, hi, this is Monica. Uh, is Chuck available? And she said, whose office are you calling from? 
And I did not understand the question. <laughs> I was like, whose office? My office. Whose office would I be calling from? And then somebody else on the phone chimed in and said, hey, Roz, she's a banker. Just, you know, put her through. And I was like, what? So I realized later that they just thought I was a secretary because I was a female. That prompted the only black guy in our, you know, in the investment banking group, I was the only chick, to say, wow, I thought I had it bad because everyone thinks I'm the computer tech. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, but at least they think of me as some kind of professional. Uh, You know, so I see that there is what Jamie Foxx calls perceptionism. Like one of the guys I worked for in banking was a total jerk, total unbelievable jerk. And he was sitting in first class and he made a stink and asked for his money back because he saw that the pilot was female. And he did that. And he like, and they were, what a jerk he was. They would not obviously not give his money back. Uh, but his perception, I guess, was that she was emotional or unintelligent just based on her gender. You know, I don't know what was going through his head, but I know that there are prejudices and, uh, uh, discrimination, everything. And I've been the victim of it. It's not insurmountable. It's not fun. I don't like it. It's definitely been a problem. And and then the answer, if the answer is affirmative action, I had one guy say to me when I get into Harvard, well, the standards are a lot lower for chicks, right? <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't know. Like, I think I would have gotten in anyway. You know, I don't know. But you've got all these perceptions and counter perceptions and all that. And, uh, you know, it just bums me out that I don't know what uh, I'm asking you, like what, how are we supposed to, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a setup. It's a trap. And it's like what they said to my son. One of his classmates said to him, are you a feminist? And he said, no. And the guy said, then you're a misogynist. He said, I'm not. I think he had to explain what that meant first. You hate women. And he said, I'm not. And, and the kid said, well, you, you're one or the other. You have to choose. And I felt bad. I think we talked about this last time. Uh, he actually, my son went back to him and said, I'm actually, I believe in chivalry. And so the kid accepted it, the other kid, even though that's like the worst thing you can say, right? Like that was what Limit Women's Lib was all about. Don't don't hold the door for me, you know? So yeah, so they're not, the kids aren't sophisticated enough to have these high level conversations. But but for me, like I really, it's a real problem. I I don't like to offend people. So I don't want to talk about it. And the, the fact uh, is, people are offended looking at it, like it doesn't matter. Like no, the, it doesn't. And I don't know what to do. Like it bums me out because I don't want. I don't want to talk about it. I don't care. I want. I. I'll tell you. I find anonymous social media interactions with like-minded people to be. Highly satisfying relationships. I've absolutely no idea. Sometimes I do know, and it's just across the board. It's not like white women my age. You know what I mean? Like it's not, there's probably not one white woman my age in, you know, in the, that I've gotten in the, in the, uh, <laughs> the expression the I fact is, to, unless there's Twitter a picture of the person, you have no idea. You don't know. And who put, I'm the only one with a picture of, but, you know, but uh, I call that Twitter dippity, like serendipity, but Twitter dippity, where you just happen to find people who are like minded. Yeah. You stumble upon them, hashtag retweeting the same stuff, hashtag. Yeah. But uh, I mean, this is for me something I'm super bummed about. I don't know how you, you can't know what it's like to be in somebody else's shoes ever. 
nobody else's shoes, not your spouse, not your kids, absolutely nobody else's shoes. And the insecurities that we all have, especially as adolescents, are really exploited by this identity talk where you can you can attribute every bad feeling, every piece of anxiety, everything to uh, this force that you can't control. My husband was raised to think that he had ADHD. So in the beginning, he would like, when I, we first got married, but like comes to this party, I can't, I'm too socially awkward. I just, it's painful for me. I was like, dude, everybody feels that way. You just have to bust through it. And he told me recently, so many years later, it's like, you were so right. Everybody feels that way. And I was just using that, you know, I thought I was the only one who felt that way. So I was using it as a crutch, you know? Yeah. But but what it is is it's paralyzing. To use this identity stuff, it's paralyzing to the person who thinks it's beyond their control, that it's up to other people to change their perceptions about your identity, you know, what your identity means to them. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you think that the world is against you because of something you can't control, your gender, then you're totally disempowered and you're waiting for the very people who are your enemy, your oppressor, to to lighten up. It's, I'm not saying that's not true, but it's just absolutely disempowering. Whereas for me, I was like, I don't, this, I might have an uphill battle here, but I need to have a clean towel. (laughs) I grew up the youngest of nine. I needed to make some economic progress. And I did, but that's, I didn't mean to like totally rant, but I don't, I don't know what, it's a no win situation. I don't know how, how we can have intelligent conversations about this stuff. It's not a no-win situation. I, I get what you're saying. That's the point of the propaganda is to get people thinking in those identity terms. You're going to offend people. To not offend somebody, you'd have to get in a closet and stay there for the rest of your life. That's the only way because simply by looking at people certain ways, some people – and it has nothing to do with race or gender. It's just the way that they grew up and the circumstances that they've been in throughout their life have been conditioned – to get offended by everything. I took this Harvard bias test. The implicit bias test. Implicit by implicit, right. So it's not even, you don't have to be prejudiced. I just took it before the show. I took two of them. One was presidential preferences and one was skin tone preference. Yeah. I said I had a slight preference for Richard Nixon over Donald Trump. They claimed that it had no bearing on the outcome. And then for like 10 minutes, you click quickly left or right on pictures and words, whether they're good or bad, Donald Trump or Richard Nixon. Honestly, that's it. It's like good words, bad words, pictures of Trump, pictures of Nixon. And it came out that I had a slight preference for Richard Nixon. That that was true. Then I did preference for light-skinned versus dark-skinned people. I said I had no preference, and it came out I had no preference. Now, of course, you're going to want to not demonstrate a preference, but this is supposed to be able to defeat your intentions and find your real heart. Maybe they can send you a certificate that you can keep in your purse so that anytime someone accuses you of being biased, you can pull it out and say, "Uh uh-uh. Maybe we can use that as like the thumbnail for our podcasts. There you go. So that that chick can uh, feel a little better about about whatever. I don't think it was. I mean, I think it was a troll. That chick was a troll. That was clearly a troll. But there's just a lot of things that, 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 you know, I, I don't know. I really don't know what it's like to walk in somebody else's shoes. I don't know what it's like to hear through somebody else's ears. I don't know what my words that not meant to hurt anybody, how they hurt people. Like, I just, 
I really feel like I'm I really is a priority for me to be objective and truth telling. So when people say stuff about Catholics, like there is one thing that that does get me down when they say the Catholics can sin all they want and then go to confession and be redeemed. No problem. So that's why they're so bad. Uh, <laughs> we still have to go to purgatory for like 5,000 years. So it's not, that's not true, but there are prejudices like that. Assumptions, drunken Irish, whatever, you know, that, uh, that can be offensive, but you know, it's not the end of the world. And actually Max Kellerman, who's a total sellout, he's a boxing commentator. He said he knows people who are offended that Notre Dame's team is called the Fighting Irish. <laughs> Could you? I can't even. If it was called the Drunken Irish, I'd be like, all right, that's a little much. You know, the Fighting Irish? Is that supposed to imply that they're drunk and that's why they fight? I, I guess so. Anyway, so I don't take that stuff too seriously. Maybe it makes me not sensitive. Uh they're but taking the fact is, Wahoo off of the uh, Cleveland. I know Indians. that's what stimulated the whole conversation. And he said he knows. He, this is what he said. He said he has been given feathers by American Indians or Native Americans who appreciate his stance against Chief Wahoo. Who is like, this? Isn't that Max Kellerman? He's a boxing commentator. He, but I lost faith in him when he narrated the triple G or called the triple G Canelo fight as if it were legit when it was clearly fixed. So that was the end of Kellerman to me, but he said, uh, so apparently supposedly there was a poll taken of native Americans and they 90% of them do not care about sports symbols that portray them as braves or Redskins or chiefs or whatever. They don't care. Um, but he says that they do care. And I do think it's, it, seems stereotypical that he would say he was given feathers by native americans you know like just keep that to yourself if you're so sensitive to stereotypes but he's the one who said that fighting irish is, is offensive also and i just maybe because that like could not possibly offend me it makes me less sensitive he's playing to the audience he's doing the same thing that star trek did and the same thing that x files did they think that their audience is made up of people who believe these things so they've decided to align themselves oh, with this belief and that's why that troll wrote in the comments because she what he probably wants people to think or us to think that that's what the audience wants. But I agree. Why It, it didn't right. make sense that she... Not that we think all trolls are he's. Women have an opportunity in the troll world as well. <laughs> There's equality in the troll There's world. There's just no connection between how a person identifies G-self and what what they actually are. I've seen it before. I've seen people who act like old ladies, grandmas, and stuff who are clearly millennials by what they say, you know, to me, right. and I'm just like, obviously that is not a mindset that anybody raised in world war two has, you know? Yeah. So X-Files did the same thing that you're just talking about. They completely sold out, sold out the entire franchise and well, not just one episode, but they dedicated one episode to making their position clear. They validated the two-side dialectic, and in this episode, they also made it abundantly clear which side they stand on. The beginning of this season, Russian agents that were contracted by the executive branch tried to kill Mulder and Scully, and that's when I first rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, great. Here we go. It's the original but, actors, right? Right. Yeah, it's still David Duchovny and uh, Jillian Anderson. 
this pre this not not yesterday, but last week's episode is when they really sold themselves out. The present state of affairs and the way that people view conspiracy theorists and the way they react to the word conspiracy kind of put the X-Files in a conundrum because the premise of the entire show is that there is a government conspiracy to cover up the existence of extraterrestrials and that a shadow government, a deep state, is the organization behind this government cover-up. And Mulder is investigating conspiracies and fighting against the deep state. Mulder is a conspiracy theorist. The lone gunmen are conspiracy theorists. That language is used throughout the show, but now that the word conspiracy is now associated with alt-right fringe racist. So they run the risk of if Mulder identifies as a conspiracy theorist, if, if he says the word conspiracy, that people who are new to the show, they see the show and they think, oh my gosh, this is a racist alt-right oh, show. Yeah, yeah. So they decided to make everything clear in this episode a week and a half ago. The episode was basically about a guy, I think I told you, Dr. They, you know, because they always say they did this. No way. They named this guy Dr. 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 They. Yeah, Dr. They. And Dr. They is (laughs) that that clip that I played you earlier. That was him speaking in it. But the guy who introduces them to Dr. They is this crazy dude who has had his memories all messed with and believes that he helped start the X-Files. And he's telling Mulder about all these old cases. No, I was there when we did this. I was there when we did that. And in this clip, he's recounting an old case where they finally got to meet the aliens. Here's the clip. It speaks for itself. Greetings, Earthlings. We have been observing your species for many what you call years. Our study is now complete. We no longer wish to have any further contact with you. We are building a wall. It will be a beautiful, albeit invisible, electromagnetic wall that will subatomically incinerate any probes you attempt to send beyond your solar system. You're free to explore Uranus all you want, but we can't allow your kind to infiltrate the rest of the cosmos. You're not sending us your best people. You're bringing drugs. You're bringing crime. You're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people, but we have no choice, believe me. For although the rest of the galaxies all have their share of these same problems, we fear you could infect us with the one trait that is unique to Earthlings. You lie. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing. So Colbert could take some tips from them because it is funny. That was the X-Files? Yeah, that was the X-File. They do these episodes that are dark, and then they'll have kind of a zany episode. And this was that the was zany. like almost word for word the inaugural speech of Trump's campaign, right? Yeah, or a montage of things he says. The Bing yeah. Bing Bing. I hadn't. I had. Yeah, they they took they used it verbatim. Mulder. Beautiful, albeit invisible wall. That was pretty funny. It is. They sell the whole show out because they they were trying to make this clear, and they do it throughout the whole yeah. episode. Like at one point, Mulder is trying to figure out the conspiracy, and of course, Ted Cruz's picture is on the wall, and he's like, "This idiot's dad was uh he was involved Don't in the JFK it. assassination," yeah. and and then at the end of it, he goes, "That doesn't stop you from being president. Look at W." Oh, exactly. His dad was in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the little rant, Mulder's like, I just – things have gotten so out of control. I just can't keep up with today's conspiracies. And at one point in the episode, Mulder 
he's like, oh, I just got back from Sasquatch hunting. So what they did in this episode was they they defined here's the type of conspiracy theorist Mulder is. He's not a bad racist. He's not a racist conspiracy theorist like all these crazy people. He's into Sasquatches. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but the point is that they were trying to separate him from the modern definition of what a conspiracy theorist has become because it has taken on this idea of a fringe alt-right type person. They even made fun of the deep state, which is central to the entire premise of the show. They mocked it as though it's it's not something to take seriously, even though the show has taken it seriously for, what, 25 years? The deep state thing where they're talking, act like deep state is Obama holdovers, that is absolutely intended to neutralize the very real deep concept of the deep state. I mean, it's there. It obviously transcends Obama. You know, his well, yeah. mother was in the deep state. His stepfather's in the deep state. His father is in the deep state. He didn't start the deep state. This entire show is based on the deep state existing, the shadow government. And that's what the entire premise of the right. show so is. Even, okay, so here's what I, I would say. That this stuff, stuff like that, that I mean, for heaven's sake, Lone Gunman showed the plot for 9-11 six months before 9-11 in their pilot episode, which was a spinoff of the X-Files. Yeah. Right? There's a plane crashing into the Twin right. Tower. Yeah, yeah. So, uh. But when I watch stuff like that, uh, Person of Interest, for example, is a show about the machine. Every single computer feeds information. Every camera um, shot, you know, the thing that hears shotguns, the like microphones, which is a CIA-owned company, by the way. They're putting that um, sound detectors on the light lamppost as well. Uh, all that stuff feeds into the machine of this TV show, Person of Interest. It feels like, wow, you know, this is so true. Like that show, Black Mirror, which is like the Twilight Zone of today. They show you, they're limited hangouts. So they show you a lot of stuff, but they hold back on the ultimate conclusion. And they're never saying Dick Cheney did it and and a thousand people alongside him. They find one rogue guy who they weed out, you know, like they put it all, they, they just make it manageable, make it feel like the majority of the people are doing the right thing. All those shows are like that, and I assume the Xbox is like that too. Got the the X Files. <laughs> Sorry, the X Files. But when so the X the X Files did this entire episode because kind of like what we were just talking about, they didn't want people to hear the word conspiracy theorist on that show and think that they were racist and think that they were Trump supporters. That was the entire point of this episode is to say, here's what side we're on. Don't worry. We're not racist conspiracy theorists. But it but it takes the limited hangout back too far. Like, I can't tolerate that. Once they when, – I like the limited hangout stuff. It's interesting to me. Is I like science fiction, even though it's total brainwashing and predictive programming. But when they roll it back like that and make him, like, into Sasquatch – you know what I'm saying? Like if they once they make it so simplistic like this, so shallow, it's not satisfying. Like I I think it will if they continue that way, I think it will fail. But well, you're saying am I misunderstanding? No, you're, you're here's the thing. It doesn't matter. This is the last season they're doing. So they're doing oh. this retroactively. So if people go back and watch all their old seasons, they go, "Okay, I wasn't going to watch it before when I thought they believed in the deep state and I thought that they were 
uh, fringe conspiracies now that they clarified it with this episode. Oh, so this is all an ad for the existing episodes. Yeah, this is them. This is them distancing distancing themselves from from the current interpretation of conspiracy theories. So they're sheep dipping the X Files. Yeah, and and here's them making fun of the deep state, and and this is funny, but still. They they made they made a funny episode that completely sold them out. Mulder and Scully are trying to figure out who this crazy dude is, who the one who introduced them to Doctor They, and there's these other agents that were following them. So Mulder stops them and asks them what they're doing. What are you doing here? You don't know the legend that I've heard so much about. Would have already figured out who this guy was he'd been talking to. And why we were asked to find out why you are. But I guess that's how things go. You start out a rebel. But then, you get fat. And the next thing you know, you're in deep state. Sad. You know who I am? I'm Fox Mulder. I was fighting the power and breaking conspiracies before you saw your first chemtrail, you punks. (laughs) <laughs> so you start out as a rebel then you get fat then before you know it you're deep state right did you catch the seinfeld reference do you know who i am yeah yeah I, I i've used I, that myself so <laughs> i caught it when he was on larry king yes and larry asked him if his show was canceled <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's like when somebody said to me don't believe the conspiracies my cousin i looked at him and said do you know who i am <laughs> Anyway, there's literally episodes of the X-Files of men sitting in a dark room smoking, plotting the assassination Plot. of. Yeah, there's a whole episode that covers the assassination of JFK told from the vantage point of the smoking man who is the head of the deep state. And this episode aired, I don't know, 15 years ago. And they show the guy who killed JFK and all. But yeah, in this episode, they're saying, "No, no, we're gonna we're gonna give a wink and a nod. We don't really believe this stuff." He's not really a fringe conspiracy theorist. He's into Sasquatch. Sasquatch is harmless. And now he's deep state. They accused him of being deep state. Yeah. Speaking of the that it's predictive program. I feel like all the Xbox up to to then were X Files. Dang it! You know, because I have Xbox on the mind. Because I worry about my son playing too much. But uh, anyway, that's another topic. But uh, I predictive programming is in this stuff. It gets you ready for these ideas. It, gets some, it makes you kind of feel a little, I think, numb to them so that you don't take action when it's finally revealed. But I was watching a Black Mirror last night or the night before, the one called Waldo. Did you see uh, that one? That's the one I haven't seen. Oh, okay. It's a blue cartoon bear that has a foul mouth and runs for election as a as just a, a disruptor. He doesn't have any he doesn't stand for anything. He just curses at the opponents, makes fun of them, and people love this bear. So yeah. I just discovered Black Mirror, so I really didn't know when it was made or whatever. And I figured it was made last year because this is clearly the Donald Trump character. That was 2011. I think that was the first season. It was 2013. Yeah. 
Its release date was 2013, February 2013, which means it was made in 2012. It was not in the first season. But, uh, I mean, that was released five years ago. Right, and I think that was commentary on That's when people, people wanted Jon Stewart to run. Well, was- people I wanted Howard Stern to run before that, but it happened. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. happened. Yeah. You got to – these things are not coincidences, in my opinion. The predictive – because you got to go back, like, L. Ron Hubbard and um, Jack Parsons and Aleister Crowley and uh, who's your guy? Aldous Huxley. um Orwell, they're all in, they're all deep state. They were all connected to military. So I think even Robert Heinlein. Definitely some predictive programming going on. The the X-Files, a lot of that was, is along with predictive programming because it's a popular show. Anything's popular is going to have some elements of that. But they think that their audience, they think that the majority of people believe that. Believe what? That everybody is on the liberal and they believe that the Russia thing is true 100%. Everybody is... Everybody thinks Trump is a Dude, Russian. The Russian uh, thing on the left. Even when you read the when I read the Wall Street Journal and they talk about like the uh, s-hole countries, whatever, which they write out, uh, they don't. They it always takes them several paragraphs, or like that Stormy Daniels thing. It takes them several paragraphs to point out that there is no this evidence. stuff is all right. It's all just he said, she said. It's all this ambiguity. But yeah. the Russian thing, it is. They are as confident about that. As the right was about Hillary's uh, breach of protocol. Absolutely. And I don't think most of America is like that. I think the media, which is the which is an elite group of people, small number of people, creates the perception that the majority feels this way about things. And they talk about things in a way as though it's absolutely true. Everybody knows it's true. And that the X-Files and other media outlets – uh, do this or other shows do the same thing because they believe that part of this predictive programming, they're trying to create a bigger group of people that believe it, but they also are out of touch with the people that watch their shows. No, I mean, nothing's Yeah, more, I like their shows. I'm the one who likes their shows. Yeah, you I like their shows. shows. And, I, and I see that and it just makes me roll my eyes. Yeah. I told you my daughter, she's, she, her, her position really underneath it all is even if I'm right, she can't take that heat. <laughs> She's like, maybe yeah. later, mom. But uh, you know, I just can't. I just can't. I want to play you one more example of cultural rot. And then if we have time, I want to play you these other things. I don't know if we'll have time. You might have heard this. Did you see Hillary Clinton's appearance on the Grammys? No, I couldn't tolerate. All right. Well, this is the say this is the video that they played at the Grammys, except it's only the video. So you don't hear the applause from the audience when she when she appears she appears in this video covering her face with the book as though nobody can tell it's her. everybody can tell it's her as soon as she's on screen and, and she's wearing a pantsuit now she's sitting down but you can hear her voice and you can tell it's her and then she reveals herself as though it's some big grand reveal but Everybody already knew it was her. I guarantee you she inserted that because whoever directed that thing would have said, no, nah, that doesesn't work. You need to they wouldn't have let her do it that way because right. it totally doesn't work. But I guarantee you her ego, because all, all these politicians, Trump, all of them, all have huge egos. She was like, no, I'm going to do a reveal. So I reveal and then they get this great applause. But everybody knew it was her in the first place. But you get to hear what this sounds like without the audience clapping. So 
here it is. Here, this was this was played at the Grammys, where they had Hillary and other celebrities read excerpts from Michael Wolf's book, which Michael Wolf himself no. admits, yeah, they read excerpts from the book which to is the crowd. Like fictional, right? Basically, yeah, he has no <laughs> oh, sources. On the second page of the book, he admits that that, that none of it can be verified. But nobody's actually read it except for a handful of people, so everybody just believes what they hear. Stand by. Take one. He had a longtime fear of being poisoned. One re- okay, the the book is covering her <laughs> it's face. Definitely Hillary, <laughs> right? The book is covering her face for the first five seconds of this. He probably so, has it, the most recognizable female voice in the world. And she looks like an idiot just reading it. Which, I mean, because it's not like she's actually naturally reading it that way. She's clearly holding it up like she's hiding. Right. And she's reading it. So she just looks stupid. Stand by. Take one. He had a longtime fear of being poisoned. One reason why he liked to eat at McDonald's. Nobody knew he was coming, and the food was safely pre-made. That's it. We've got it. That's the one. You think so? Oh, yeah. The Grammy's in the bag? In the bag. <laughs> the Grammy's in the bag? Oh, my gosh. There was about another minute of that, but it was other celebrities doing it. They did a whole bunch of other auditions for the spoken word version of the <laughs> book, and all the other people just – Are there su- – was there sung versions and poetic versions? No, it was just Snoop Dogg, rapping. and it was, it, it was rappers. They, no, they just read it, and then they'd comment on it. Did you see that Scott Baio thing? I saw that he was accused, yes. Really? I just feel like I liked that Scott Baio was not following the script. Maybe he was. Maybe he's there for the dialectic. I figured I the Grammys was full of Me Too, was it? Oh, oh, and by the way, yeah. how hilarious is it that the Me Too movement is signified by women wearing black to formal events? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's all they wear. So any woman going to the Grammys or the Oscars or any of that stuff are they're wearing you know they're co-opted into the movement now if it was where where oh where yeah, you're, you know hat you know the pink that the hats are made of yeah. nobody wants to wear that if they were if that was the me too color then it would be saying a statement right. but oh i had to wear this five thousand dollar black Givenchy gown uh because you know i'm oppressed they picked a color everybody wears so they gonna be, so you're gonna everybody everybody was in the me too movement at the grammys because everybody was wearing tuxedos. But Scott Baio fought back and outed the girl who said that he gave her a hard time. Can I tell you one more thing? Yeah. Completely unrelated to anything. Can you tolerate that? Go ahead. I have two totally unrelated things. All right. All right. Here you go. I just saw an, a, a news story that Elon Musk, I guess it was, uh, just produced and sold, sold out immediately, 20,000 flamethrowers. Do you see that? No. Where, to where symbolize do you, where do you his like, SpaceX rocketry, like the consuming public. It comes with a <laughs> fire extinguisher. A Maybe it was a thrower? joke. Yes. Like what could go wrong? It's like a real flamethrower. <laughs> it's a real flamethrower. It looks like a rocket booster. I'm telling you. I mean, it's so crazy that I feel like I have to double check it real quick. <laughs> It's going to be a terrorist uh, attack this weekend with a flame. Yeah, that's what I think. It's just so. Yeah, Elon Musk sold all twenty thousand boring flamethrowers, brought in ten million dollars. Oh, but they're it, boring. So it says boring. The boring, the boring company. That's what you name. If you name it boring, it can't be that. Threatening. It's shipped with a complimentary boring 
fire extinguisher? It's just a boring flamethrower. It what? comes with a fire extinguisher? Yeah. Like, what could go wrong? That sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it's it's a way to bring down hardcore regulations on cigarette lighters, you know, stuff like we're not, you know what I mean? Like, why would you do that? That's just stupid. All right, let and me light your a- cigarette. Stand back. I'm going to use a flamethrower. <laughs> no, it's going to go bad. And then I want to say one other thing that was in the news this week. Did you know the story of how, like, assistant deputy director of the FBI, McCabe, who I guess is the husband of Terry McAuliffe, who was like a Democrat. You know the whole story of McCabe? Yeah. Stepped down from the FBI or was pushed out or, or whatever, right? You, This was in the news. Are you familiar with the story? Yes. You aware of the story? What do you think the story is in one sentence? This week's story. He stepped down. He was about to retire, I think, right? And then he stepped down for some reason, but now they're saying that Trump pressured him out. Right. So he was he's eligible for retirement in March. And of course, if you keep working after you're eligible for retirement, you're working for free. Yeah. You know, or a discount. If you can get half pay and you keep working, you don't do that. You take the half pay and you get another job. And he had a bunch of accrued vacation time. So he takes his retirement date, he minuses his vacation time, and today is when he would basically step down. So he did. And then they just make it into this huge story, which to me is like totally just an opportunity. It's that what to watch out for, I hashtagged, of uh, going out in a blaze of glory is the new golden parachute or, you know, walking off into the sunset. They just made this massive scandal over McCabe when he, like, he absolutely positively would have stepped down on that day no matter what everybody would have. (laughs) You know what I mean? You take your retirement date, you minus your vacation pay, then that's your last day of work, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it was on the cover of the Wall Street Journal that this guy was, uh, we don't know why. And it's like, well, yes, we do. It's in the second paragraph of your article. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just so yeah. weird. And I, I'm just pointing out how stupid these stories are getting. Like, it's all it's all gossip. And these this stuff is on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, which is supposed to be the serious newspaper. I know. Even the serious ones are absurd. Absurd. All right. I had to do this because I teased it at the beginning. The Stormy Daniels thing, she – after the the speech – not last night, whenever the speech was, Tuesday. That night, after the State of the Union speech, Stormy Daniels was on Jimmy Kimmel's show. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you. She reveals nothing, <laughs> and she sits there silently when he asks <laughs> questions again, and he fills in the blanks. I'm just gonna I'm gonna play these really quick and I'll give you the context as I play them. This is her intro. This is Jimmy Kimmel introing her, and I'm gonna tell you there's gonna be the obvious reason why this is strange, but I'm gonna tell you why it's even more strange. His introduction after I play the clip. She's an actor and director who either did or did not receive $130,000 to be <laughs> or not be here tonight. Please welcome Stormy Daniels. Okay, she's an actor and director. No, she's a porn star. Okay. She's a porn star who the only reason she's being interviewed by Jimmy Kimmel is because she is currently going on a nationwide tour called, get ready, Make America Horny Again. <laughs> That's the only reason she was on oh, the show. Oh, my gosh. So what's her motivation for playing along with all this? Oh, exactly. my God. The content so is the commercial, man. 
An actress, director, and a world-renowned nun, Stormy Day. What a bunch of bull. Can I please interject a little tiny little personal experience? Well, I used to live in a like near Universal Studios in LA. It's a tiny little place called Toluca Lake. It was near Bur- Burbank. A lot of like movie stars live there and everything. And uh, when I went, I went to one of the, I used to go to a big grocery store far away, but one time I went to the smaller one closer to my house and it was so crazy. There were chicks getting out of like metallic blue Lamborghinis and, you know, on the phone doing deals with like, looking like Pamela Anderson with like the double, double D's, you know, just crazy. It was like such a weird experience that I called my husband. I was like, what is going on at the Ralph's or whatever it was like on near universal. He's like, Oh, that's the porn Ralph's. (laughs) Like, you know, how in Atlanta, there's the, you know, disco Ralph's like there are different or whatever it is, whatever the, there's one of the grocery stores, like there's a different, they're little like um, catchphrases to tell you which grocery store you're at. But this was the porn one. And then, of course, it made total sense to me. And then uh, by coincidence, my or at the same time, my husband was Googling, I guess there's a like sex offender database. You can look at like where you're buying your new house or whatever to see if there's any registered sex offenders in your neighborhood. Yeah. So on our street, this was near the porn Ralph's was a uh, a business registered under the name of Porn Jihad <laughs> on my street. But I think they kept themselves, you know, there was no, they weren't prowling around kidnapping small children as far as I could tell. You don't want to buy that house after they've owned it, that's for sure. I don't know. You don't know where they, where they were. The Jihad thing had me a little more worried than the porn thing. But Yeah, that's an interesting combination for sure. But actually, my point—I a little bit have a point—in that they they are actually wheeler dealers. You know what I mean? They're business people. Absolutely. That's that's my yeah. point in playing these clips is to show that this is all she's conning people. This is like, and I don't believe any of it. Yeah, I'm and they're real why. actors. They're like actors in their interactions. They're actors. You know what I mean? Like they're actors all the time because they yeah. go to parties and stuff, and they act like they like you. <laughs> you know? Right. That's true. Like, let me. We got a few minutes left. Let me get these clips. Uh, this is Jimmy Kimmel. Earlier that day before this, her lawyer – now her lawyer, this was her lawyer that did this, published a letter, and he's going to read the letter, and then he's going to try and call its authenticity into question even though her lawyer published it. I had a pretty clear idea of what I wanted to ask you tonight, but then about like three hours ago, I go on the internet, and I get – and I see this letter that pops up. It says, official statement of Stormy Daniels. To whom it may concern, over the past few weeks, I've been asked countless times to comment on reports of an alleged sexual relationship I had with Donald Trump many, many, many years ago. The fact of the matter is that each party to this alleged affair denied its existence in 2006, 2011, 2016, 2017, now again in 2018. I am not denying this affair because I was paid hush money, as has been reported in overseas-owned tabloids, the Wall Street Journal. I am denying this affair because it never happened. I will have no further comment on this matter. Please feel free to check me out on Instagram at, at the Stormy Daniels. The signature on the original statement does not match the signature on this statement. And I went through my library of photographs of you to compare it to fo- headshots that you have signed. And these seem to match the original statement. And wow, am I getting at anything? Did you sign this letter that was released today? 
I don't know. Did I? Wait a minute. That you can but say, right? That does right? not look like my signature, does it? It doesn't look like your signature. So you're saying perhaps this letter was written and released without your approval. Hmm. <laughs> no way. No, it's interesting because it does make you want to look at the signatures and... He's right. This, this letter was released by her lawyer. The signature on that letter doesn't look like the signature on the previous letter. But you know yeah. what he didn't read? What? The previous letter, which says almost the exact same thing verbatim. Yeah, that's what they do. That's what they that was the story behind supposedly the White House actually publishing a doctored, a digitally altered birth certificate of Obama. Well, what I'm saying here is to make the other side crazy, right? She admitted in in the letter that he's saying is her signature. She denies the whole thing and almost using the exact same language as that letter. So she's denied it in a letter that has her signature on it. But he, she, she she didn't say she signed either of them. Like, no, she didn't say she doesn't do any of that. So it doesn't mean anything. And, and he, he goes on to clarify that he says, the reason you can't say this is because you do or do not have a non-disclosure agreement. If you had a non, if you didn't have a non-disclosure agreement, of course you could tell us that, right? And she goes, "You're very smart, Jimmy." But here's the problem with that. Here's the <laughs> That's problem. What she said she's very smart. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's the problem with that whole non-disclosure agreement thing. You're telling me these liberals can raise thirty million dollars for John Ossoff, but they can't raise two hundred thousand to say, "Hey, we'll pay your fines if you just violate the non-disclosure." Not only that, because that happened in that Olympic skater case, is people paid for people to violate their non-disclosure agreements so that but they that, didn't so, have to worry. So it's simply a fee and there's no actual penalty? No, you're not, you're not going to go to jail. And, and anyway, even even if they were to sue her, that would be admitting that there was a non-disclosure agreement. So she could come out and say that there is one, and she's not going to get sued because that would mean the president right. would have to admit that it existed. So that's not going to happen. Third, the reason this is BS is if she's going around and letting all these people imply that there is a non-disclosure agreement and that she did sleep with him, she's already in violation of a non-disclosure agreement. I don't know about that. I I read some stuff on it. I read what a lot of lawyers had to say about it, and they said that she's already in violation of it if there was one that exists. If you're letting people say, oh, this happened, that happened, and and your friend It stands to reason. It's that she should not be able to get cute like that. Right. This is my favorite clip in the whole thing. Just, just she is telling Jimmy what she regrets about this whole situation. My daughter and stuff has been exposed to things that you know that you like. Don't I want said, her. like I said, they're just making up random things on the internet. Like, my, if my daughter was old enough to read the internet, which she's not, she would have found out today that her mom is actually her dad. Oh, that's the worst thing that she would have found out on the internet about, about her mom. The true stuff. Yeah, she's not as concerned with her daughter finding out about the gang bangs. Yeah, she's admitted to her actual profession. It's the true thing that's a threat. You know what I mean? This is what's so ridiculous about this fake news stuff, like like false stories kill. It's not the false stories that cause problems. It's the true stories, and that's why they want to shut them up. You're right. That's that's why, I mean, I, I didn't know much about Gawker, but... Corey, a uh, listener, said, you know, he pointed out right away that Gawker, as much as you want to call it a tabloid and stuff, it came up with some, it was pretty bold and they shut it down one way or another. Yeah. 
we can end on this. This is where this Jimmy Kimmel interview devolved to. And part of this, Jimmy Kimmel, so that he can protect her from her non-disclosure, he pulls out two puppets. One of them is a Donald Trump puppet, and the other one is a Stormy Daniels puppet. The Donald Trump puppet is wearing just underwear. That's so disrespectful of anyone. No, listen to the things he says and to And the president, come on. Stormy. I'm not asking you to say anything about anything, but I got three carrots here. Would you like to pick a carrot? Three carrots, one big, one small, one medium. And they had just played Trump's comment about his big, big or small hands during the debate. Oh, and carrots are orange. Yeah, and they're also, he's asking what Trump's penis size is, is what he's doing with the carrots. Right, oh, okay, so pick the one. Like, oh, this is what they do to little children, you know, when they're... They interview them about being sexually abused. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they like give them dolls and they have them just. That's what he's doing. See what and, they do. Yeah, so yeah, he's trying to awful. find out the president's penis size. Oh. Uh, Stormy, I'm not asking you to say anything about anything, but I got three carrots here. Would you like to pick a carrot? <laughs> yeah, I'm used to the sparkly kind of carrots. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> if you pick a carrot, you might get some of that stuff. <laughs> Uh, sweet talker. <laughs> no carrot? You don't want a carrot? Who wants a carrot? Does this at all seem familiar to you? Tidy whities <laughs> Have you ever made love to anyone whose name rhymes with Lonald Lump? <laughs> yeah, I'll call you whatever you want me to call you, baby. <laughs> she's making a lot of money off of it, that's for sure. I mean, she's doing a great job. Yeah, she is, because she knows that anybody is ready to take seriously any ridiculous claim. She's on Jimmy Kimmel and she says nothing. She's like uh, Teller. Yeah, like you're right. Teller. Jimmy Kimmel just said everything. He's Penn, yeah. But it's like Teller going on tour without Penn. <laughs> you know? Yeah, She's been you're on right. all these shows and she doesn't actually have. Well, everybody acts as Penn for her. And she didn't even have to promote herself. Kimmel promoted her when he read that letter and he said, at Stormy Daniels, her Instagram, which you go to her Instagram, yes. she's... That was definitely not in the letter. Well, I think we're about out of time for today. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, everyone who listened. Make sure and go to PropagandaReportDaily.com and subscribe. Click on the iTunes button or the Android button. If you want to support the show, you can click on the PayPal link or go to Patreon. Become a Patreon. We appreciate everybody who is supporting the show, who has supported it in the past. That's why. Do you remember, Binkley? That's why we started to make sure that we absolutely always did a podcast every single week. Yes. When people yes. started contributing to Patreon because I feel like we owe them. <laughs> well, it's, it I'm keeps us kidding. accountable and definitely, definitely motivates us. And thank you very much. Anybody else who wants to do that, the links are all on the website. Go to iTunes, rate us. It helps us show up higher in the search engine rankings. And thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Later.